5, 5, 4, 4, 3, 3, 2, 1, 1. We have ignition. Strap in. You're tuned into the God Stories Radio Podcast. www.godstoriesradio.com. Welcome, everyone, to God Stories Radio. This is Session 58. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. Mikey, what's going on this week? Well, uh, I'm a little excited. We have uh, a couple different testimonies tonight. That's yeah. uh, pretty good. And then we're going to be live on live. WTLM. WTLM with Pastor Johnny, Johnny and Vic. Live. The vision. It'll be the I second love, time. I know it. I love live. Me too, but they also have that uh, that live video feed. And, you know, we've always said that we have a face for radio. Well, I hope we didn't cost them any <laughs> listeners. So our viewers, I guess. Yeah, really. should say. <laughs> well, there might be some viewers now. Yeah, I think the Holy Spirit hangs out at Waffle House. <laughs> I don't right. know where it's going to be this Saturday night, though, because Johnny wants to talk after. Excellent. The meeting after the meeting. Excellent, right. excellent. Yeah. Hey, we had some people push the button this week. Oh, very nice. Yeah, my brother Chris was in for another 50. Thank you, sir. Thank wow. you, Chris. We appreciate that so much. Two loaves and one fish, Sarah and Owen. Just keep blessing us and along and along. Thank you for underwriting this ministry. Thank you, Sarah. So, and we got some shout-outs, Trish? Yeah, I wanted to say hello and give a shout-out to Pastor Wilkins from Kenya. He yes. contacted us via Facebook. And he was able to connect with Fritz. Yeah, we need to pray for him, too, because his brother passed away, and I I, uh, heard that through uh, Pastor Johnny. And uh, they don't have the finances, I guess, or something to to bury him. Oh, wow. So they're, you know, they're doing fundraisers over there in Kenya and whatnot. So I promised him we'd agree with him that it's going to happen. Yeah. I wanted to also give a shout out to uh, Germany. We have listeners in Germany, yeah, Brazil, and then um, Kathy Gilbert, J.D., and Michael J. Robinson from my alma mater, Montgomery Community College. You guys have been liking stuff on our Facebook, and we thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at gsr at, I'm sorry, godstoriesradio at gmail.com. I abbreviated and then said the abbreviation. <laughs> uh, also, if you want to call, um, you can call to set up a time to do your testimony. My number is 407-920-3883. Again, 407-920-3883. We usually record on Thursday nights at 7, and we can do it over the phone from anywhere in the world. Yes, we can. So, and you get it all figured out. I do. We can we can rock it, brother. No problemo. So, well, enough babble. I'm really excited about our guest. It's been a, a long time since we, uh, you know, we've been throwing out the leash, and he was able to uh, to come tonight, and couldn't be more excited. Who we got, Mike? All right, uh, we got uh, Andrew Katsanis from. Uh, he gave his testimony a couple months ago at Real Men, 
and I spoke to him after that, and he said yes, and then some other things happened on our first time we set it up, but uh, we have him here now. So, uh, Andrew, uh, thank you for being here and willing to give your testimony. Yes, thank you, Andrew. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you all so much. This is a pretty outstanding. I'm very, very impressed, and uh, you're probably right. It's good it's on the uh on the podcast, so they don't see your pretty mug. <laughs> Besides Fritz, you know, he's such a good man. Oh, but actually, now uh, they can nice. because you put the uh, the three of us photo down at the end of it. Well, or that's true. Yeah, they can see what we actually look like now. How yes. about no more, no more surprises? <laughs> so hey, it's a blessing to be here. And so again, yeah, let me share you a little bit about my, what God's done in my life and uh, my story and. And then I hopefully uh, I'll spur some questions on. Hopefully you're listening to, you know, allow the Lord to, um, you know, the well, Revelation 12 says that we, we def- the enemy was defeated by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So there's power in a testimony, no matter what testimony is, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, to watch God's grace and God's uh, mercy in the midst of our life and the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so, um, you know, my story is kind of, it starts off where, you know, I grew up in a Christian home in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and we were going to Blackhawk Baptist Church at the time. And uh, the, the pastor then was Dr. David Jeremiah, was a pastor of the church in Fort Wayne. And now he's wow. out in California, you know, he's a he's big uh, Love that mega guy. church. He yes, great, he is. Great, great teacher. And I remember, uh, you know, I was uh, actually, uh, I didn't show this at Real Men, but before I was born, you know, my sister was in a Sunday school class that Dr. Jeremiah came in and talked to the, the nine-year-olds, and uh, he talked about asking you shall receive. So my sister has, I had three sisters, Emily, Stephanie, Michelle, Emily's the oldest. Emily started praying for a baby brother. And my mom's in her late 30s, my dad's in his 40s, and so she's praying, and she heard Pastor Jeremiah talk about that, what Jesus said, you know, asking shall receive. So about a month later, my mom's, uh, my Emily's teacher saw my mom in the grocery store, hey, Patty, congratulations. She said, what do you mean? She says, Emily said you're pregnant with a baby boy. And my mom's like, no, I'm not pregnant with a baby boy. And then um, a, a few weeks later, my mom saw someone else, and they say, "Hey, Patty, congratulations!" She says, "Why?" She says, "Emily said you're pregnant with the baby boy." And <laughs> and uh, my mom said, and "My mom said, okay, I'm not pregnant." And she said, "Emily, look, what are you doing?" She says, "Well, Pastor Jeremiah said what Jesus said: ask and you shall receive." And so I've been praying for a baby brother, and I'm believing, mom, that you're gonna be pregnant with a baby brother for me. And so a few weeks later, my mom wakes up and she looks at my dad. She says, "Tom, either." I'm dying or I'm pregnant. And this is back, you know, in the, in the mid 70s and they didn't have what we have today. So they, they, t- they take her to the doctor that morning and found out she was pregnant, but they had no ultrasounds or anything. No, whatnot. Not back and, then. Yeah. and so finally, uh, and then about, about eight months into pregnancy, my mom, my dad was cooking hamburgers, grilling hamburgers and the spatula or something melted in the meat. And so my mom then, who's a nurse, got terrified that, oh, I ate, I've eaten something that's toxic and it's going to harm the baby. She opened up the Bible and said, God, speak to me. And she read the verse from Acts and also repeated in Exodus about Moses, that he was a beautiful baby boy and, and how God was going to use him. And she felt right then, she said, I knew God was telling me I was, my, my baby is fine. It was going to be a baby boy and God was going to use him to change the world. 
And so then February 26th, out comes a baby boy. And uh, in the, I'm a, from a, the Greek culture, so the Greeks were all happy. And, and uh, anyway, so that was, I was born into a, a Christian family. At six years old, I put my faith in Christ. And um, at 12 years old, I, I, I was baptized. And then you know, I grew up, you know, just in a, a typical Christian home, not perfect. Mom and dad, you know, typical mom and dad struggling bills and marriage. And th- I had three older sisters. And uh, but the, every Sunday we were at church. Every Sunday night we were back at church. And um, you know, just grew up with parents that really encouraged us to follow Christ and to live for Christ. And uh, didn't, they didn't expect us to be perfect. But they wanted us to continue to walk, you know, close to Christ, and and I did all through school, and and God spared me when I was younger. Um, you know, I, I was able to um, keep my virginity till I was married. I got married as I was twenty five mm-hmm. years old, and and so I was that was God spared me from you know from alcohol and drugs and all that stuff, and uh, and then I was eighteen years old. I met my wife now she was i was 17 she was 15 she was living in a town and i moved to that town we had a little place there and i went to started going to college after graduating high school long story short with this um i started going to church where she was going and i got involved helping with the children's ministry i was like the game leader at 18 years old as the for the third through fifth graders i was doing games and loving it and and then uh, probably that summer of 1993 I heard a pastor named Kenny Crosswhite. He did, he preached in the book of Ephesians, and it just really just opened my eyes more than ever uh, to my personal walk with Christ. And I recommitted my heart to Christ that summer of 93, and almost that summer, I felt God was doing a new thing. He gave me a hunger for His Word that I never had even growing up in, in, in the Christian home and going to church, but where Job said, I desire your Word more than my necessary food. And so I began to desire God's word. I couldn't get enough of it. I remember in college, in American history class, I memorized the first four chapters of Ephesians. I had to retake American history <laughs> because of that. But uh, <laughs> but I would just I, that I, hunger, I, I, hunger. I could I could, it was craving it. It was it was it was more. You know, Proverbs talks about where and Psalms talks about where it's more more precious than honey and more sweet mm-hmm. than honey. And so I was craving it and craving it. And 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 I remember my um, someone told me I said, Andrew, I think you're called to ministry. I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm called to ministry, but so I started kept on doing it. And then I was asked to share my testimony. At, at a uh, at an event at a church, and, and my sister Stephanie called me up on the phone, and she knew I was 18 years old, and she read to me First Timothy 4:12, where it says, "Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to them, in, in, in what you say and how you live and your purity." And she says, "Andrew, God's calling you to to do this for Him, and God wants you to do it." And I'll never forget it. You know, it, it was. Gosh, it was 1993. And so I went and shared my testimony. And then I started, little by little, God started giving me more parts of ministry. I started teaching a, a guy's discipleship with three guys, with three middle school guys. And when, pretty soon, within a year, I had 25 middle school guys coming for three hours of discipleship. And wow. God was changing my life mm, more fantastic. than ever. I'm making these middle school guys sit in for three hours to Bible teach them whether they wanted to or not. <laughs> and so... But then God, 
God started using them and God started using them and they started on campus clubs at their school in the middle school and they were leading ministries and it was just pretty awesome to watch that in the beginning of this process where God was really taking me from my family's faith to my own personal faith. So um, so that was kind of the uh, what God was doing in, in my life and then um, I, 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 went, I went and finished my degree up and got a degree in theology and biblical studies at Warner University. And I uh, still doing still doing ministry and uh, helping youth ministry, pastoral ministry. And at that time, my girlfriend and I, who's not my wife, we broke up. I went and did youth ministry in Lakeland. And when I got to Lakeland, you know, I, I'm kind of this preppy golfer kind of guy. <laughs> and uh, I get there, and the youth at that time in, in 1997, the Gothic was very popular. Mm-hmm. You know, they had the, the black nail polish, the all black clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I got to this youth ministry, and all these kids are the Gothic. And I'm this, you know, Golf. the golfer. You're showing basketball. up in Ralph Lauren and Tommy Hilfiger. Right? Exactly right. <laughs> and, like it's, and so I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm not sure if you got this right or not. I was so there. Yeah, right. So good. So you can sympathize. Oh, and, absolutely. Yeah. So I remember about three months into it, we I take the kids to a retreat, and one of the girls attempts suicide at the this retreat with a couple hundred other teenagers. And I thank God it didn't it, everything was good and it, God spared her life. And I remember going to the backwoods of this this camp in Brooksville, Florida, and I began to cry and weep, saying, "God, what is going on? What's I'm you have me in the wrong spot and the wrong place." But God broke me uh, that January of 1998. And gave me a vision for ministry. And it was to share God's love with the hurting world, to help strengthen your daily walk with Christ, to have sincere relations with the heart, to develop your spiritual gifts to serve others, so in everything, Jesus will be supreme. And God birthed that vision in the backwoods of Brooksville, Florida, with that youth ministry. We got back to Lakeland, and that youth ministry went from 25 kids who didn't care anything about Christ and in the next 18 months, it grew to about 300 teenagers. These gothic kids who were didn't, you know, were atheists, they claimed to be homosexuals or whatever they were, God began to transform their lives and change their lives. And, I, and I'll never forget what God did uh, and that was in, in that youth ministry there. So at this time, though, in my, in my personal story, so I'm a youth pastor at that time in Lakeland, and God's doing amazing things. My Now my wife, we got back together in 1999. We got married in 2000. And I went to work for uh, for ministry wise with Youth for Christ, and I began to do an on campus ministry, reaching out to middle school and high schoolers, and and uh, doing with the gospel, and just all phenomenal things God did there. And at that time in my personal story, I'm 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 in ministry. I'm 25 years old. I'm newly married, and now it's a whole different. Um, aspect of ministry and it's a whole new different aspect of 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 my 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 story and and i look back at that time though when i was single and and i was 22 years old when the first time that i I saw uh, pornography and uh we had a a laptop the church bought the staff members and i had a laptop that had my first time on the internet and i was you know had it by myself i was in my room and I could go online. We kind of had a dial up, and it made those funny sounds. Yeah, and, and so uh, you've got mail. Yeah, you got exactly right. Mikey still has that. <laughs> I'm, not su- I'm not surprised by that. But uh, so, and I and I saw and I saw pornography for the first time, and I was 22 years old, and 
and that 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 began and that and I've always as a as a man you always battle lust mm-hmm. in your in your mind or your thoughts and your fantasy, but then it became more of a reality by seeing visual pictures. And I and and I, it it wasn't uh, an ongoing daily addiction, but it was enough to where it was it was part of my life and my hidden life. And I was doing ministry, and then I get married, and it's still part of my life, and it's still hidden, you know. And every so often, it, if I was alone, I could go back to that sin, and just keep it close enough. And I would repent of it, but as the dog returns to its vomit, you know. And that's one of the areas I was struggling. You know, one of the majors I would struggle with, and. Um, and that began a pattern throughout my whole life, even uh, as uh, I did you for Christ. And I, but I saw God's grace. We're reaching a thousand kids every week on these public school campuses. We prayed with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds because I can't tell you with salvation. God's using me to go around the uh, around the United States, and I'm preaching at conferences and rallies and events and in schools or in churches or conferences. And but still battling sin that really no one knew about. And at that time. You really didn't talk about it with other guys. You know, it's very hidden, very quiet, and it wasn't an open. It wasn't. It wasn't just. It was very. Um, you know, this hidden. So finally, uh, as time goes on, uh, I'm doing youth for Christ. God's blessing it. I'm preaching. Thousands of kids are getting saved, and then a small church, their pastor leaves. And one of my guys on staff says, hey, will you come and preach for us? Our pastor is going to a, to a seminary. So we prayed about it, and, and my wife and I, and we said, you know, yeah, well, I think God wants us to, to still do you for Christ, and we're going to start pastoring this church. So that was July of 2005. Well, the church is about 15 people, and th- by this time, we just had our second daughter. Uh, we just had, An- we had Emily Grace, and we had Ansley, now Ansley Faith. And I started pastoring this church. I'm directing you for Christ in the church, and we're in the middle of nowhere. I mean, in the middle, of, it's uh, Sebring, Florida, mm-hmm. and uh, you know nothing's close to it for an hour and a half. It's pretty big now, but back then, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So yeah, in the winter time, it grows to probably about ninety thousand in our whole county, and but Sebring is you know roughly you know it's it's so it's in, in the middle of nowhere, and so we, we went from fifteen to thirty, thirty to sixty by. Six months into it, we went from 15 to about 300 people, wow. numerous salvations. And, and then by the end of the first year, by July of 2006, we're about 450 people in one year. And so I can't pastor this church full-time and direct Youth for Christ full-time. So I tell them, I'm going to wean myself out of Youth for Christ, and I'm going to pastor this church full-time. At the same time, though, just on, on my story, you know, I'm, you know, in a lot of areas of my life, I'm having victory. God's doing amazing things, but I still have this lust issue still creeps in still battling uh, as a man and uh, trying to deal with it but really not deal with it does that make sense mm-hmm. yep. and so um putting and, it on the back burner yeah right exactly right and so uh it, i the church goes full-time pastor in this church we go from 400 to a thousand a thousand to two thousand two thousand to about 2500 and then we get we we peaked out about three thousand people which this town's probably about twenty five thousand people total in this town and so it and we baptized 800 people in eight years wow and but at the same time though i still wasn't really battling that area of my life right that 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 that, that room i still wasn't battling mm-hmm well, finally, uh, through just God did amazing things and just seeing his love and seeing his mercy and uh, just watching lives transform. But my marriage, though, was slowly 
uh, unraveling uh, inside our house. Publicly, it was the perfect pastor, the perfect family. You know, by this time we had three daughters: Emily, Grace, Ansley, Faith, Paisley, Hope, and it's a st- wonderful story on the outside. But on the inside, our marriage was struggling, and um, but we kept it. We kept it. You know, you fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what we did. And we felt like, gosh, as a pastor, I had a, a you know, if we were struggling in, a, in my marriage and I had, would just go and say, I'm sorry, whatever, just so there wouldn't be tension. So then when I went and preached, I wouldn't feel guilty or, but I just, I wasn't battling and fighting like I should have been uh, for what, the way Christ wanted me to, for my personal story and my family story and my marriage and being a, and being a, a, a dad. And so, uh, Finally, it all kind of climaxed my, you know, uh, my sin where uh, I thank God spare me from uh, never uh, allowing a, um, a sexual affair to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had conversations Which I never should have had. Often that leads to that. Right. And, so it, and it, it would have. It probably would have gone to that. And so without a doubt. But uh, had texting, I should have never texting conversations I never should have had. And um, that emotional the emo- bond, the, yeah, the emotional and, and and the fantasy of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I knew I never, I knew I never would. I felt I was never going to cross that line, but I, I, I toyed with it enough just way by the thought and the and that area, yeah. and, and never just surrender to it. And, and little um, by little, Satan would have taken you over that line. Yeah, exactly right, without a doubt. Yeah, or without, you'd have gotten into politics, one or the other. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> very true. And so, um, so it, it kind of climax in January. Uh, a kind of climax of 2000. It would have been a 13, and uh, and I was so tired. I was tired physically. I was tired spiritually. I was tired uh, in my marriage, and I was just done. And I and I told the I told the elders and um, at that time and 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 I said, listen, I'm resigning from the church. And they said, no. And I told them what was going on. I told them my sin. I was very blunt. Um, at this time, my I, my wife and I we were just separated, and and I didn't know what was going to happen. I just didn't know. And you know, in this town, you know, it became almost on this pedestal of you know, it couldn't go anywhere. Without everyone knowing us and. Mm-hmm. And so now I told them, I said, they said, well, go on sabbatical. We'll send you to counseling in Colorado. And I, but I, I was so done then. I just done. I just wanted out of professional ministry. And the, 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 the professional ministry here in America is a whole different animal. And I, being a professional uh, paid pastor, um, even though it's, it's a calling without a doubt, mm-hmm. but the pressure that a pastor feels to perform there it go and, and, and unless you're in those shoes, you never understand it. Um, but it is a pressure that, that I can I can sympathize with pastors now, and I have a, a burden for them, and and, uh, I, and my heart breaks for them, mm-hmm. um, for the you know because I know what they're going through, I know what they're facing, especially the pastors that were God's growing and God's blessing, but at the same time they're human, mm-hmm. they're human just like a person in the in the chairs at church are human, mm-hmm. and they are uh, there's no one perfect, no not one, there's no one righteous, no not one, just Christ and Christ alone. So in multiple, multiple of my sermons, I always, because I knew I was battling my sin, but I wasn't dealing with it. So I would always say, listen, don't follow Andrew, 
Keep your eyes and follow Christ. He said, if you follow me, I'm going to disappoint you. I'm going to let you down. I'm battling sin also. So I, I never wanted it to be a pastor and to be put on the pedestal because I knew I was struggling too. So I, I always wanted to keep Christ at the center. But that was. But at the same time, though, I wasn't um, you know, dealing with my struggles in my personal life and, and also and with my marriage. So at January 13th, it hits the fan. It gets out the third week, when third weekend of January of that year. I had went before the church. I said I'm going to go at the end of the last service. By this time, we have four services, and and you know a couple thousand people were there. And and I said I I could I can't even tell you what I said that day. I was just it was very overwhelming, and one of the hardest days of my life. And um and I resigned from the professional ministry. And um, but that was January, February. March, I see my wife, and we're separated this time. And I see my daughters every other weekend. It's breaking my heart. And um, my wife sees me and says, Andrew, I love you. And, um, you know, I, I believe God has called us to be husband and wife still. God wants us to work out. And we began the reconciliation process. Mm-hmm. And we began, began going to counseling every single week together. And a phenomenal Christian counselor um, that we met with uh, together individually. And it just was wonderful and began that process. And finally, in August of 2013, we reconciled fully. We moved here to, to Claremont, Florida, started going to real life. And, uh, and God began to heal our family. And uh, some of the things we did, and I, let, me, let me preface this. I, I started dealing with my sin of my, of my uh, lust and pornography back in 2010. We got we put Covenant Eyes or it was Triple X. There's a ministry called Triple X and Covenant Eyes that you can put on a filter on all your technology. Right. And I and I put that on my filters back in 2010 because I knew I was battling. I turned my cell phone off because I knew it was too tempting. And and I but I never told anybody what I was doing. I kept it hidden still. My wife knew a little bit, but I never really shared with her the depths of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to deal with my sin in 2010. But then finally, by 2013, when it climaxed, I didn't care anymore and was just so done. Um, but God took that time of brokenness, and, um, and, and I really felt God says, I want you out of professional paid ministry. But I, I was a few weeks later, though, people called me and said, hey, the person's in the hospital over in, in Tampa. I got my car. I'm heading to Tampa. I'm not... I'm not being paid for it as a pastor, but God said, Andrew, I'm going to show you now that you you have a heart for ministry if you get paid for it, if you don't get paid for it. And so God began to show that in my life. And But I would battle Sunday mornings. I would come here on the weekends at church. It just probably in the last three or four months, I'm having finally where it's not overwhelming. I would come here on Sundays and it was one of my hardest days of the week because I was so used to for 20 years being part of doing ministry and preaching and teaching and and and, and leading in worship and and now we'd have praise and worship on Sunday morning at church and then Stephen would say say okay sit down and I just was engaged in worship and I was so used to well, it's, now I go and preach now now yeah. I, I'm on I go and share <laughs> oh, God's word yeah. and I would sit down and there's a movie called Arthur and then the knights of the round table and they all the knights leave arthur to battle but and they're going away but arthur's still there to battle on his horse and the horses hear the enemies beat of their drums and all the horses start turning around to go back to the battle and that's kind of what i felt i would sit down on a sunday morning hmm. and my heart was racing because it's my time now to share god's word and i would sit down and think 
what is, what's going on? You know, what, what's going what's happened in my life? And, but God says, I'm breaking you. You're not going to like this. But I'm gonna, you're, I'm gonna show you that in this time of struggle and suffering and brokenness and the fire, I'm gonna refine you and I'm gonna sh- shape you and I'm gonna sculpt you and you're gonna be in that refiner's fire and you're gonna be on that potter's wheel, and I, but I'm gonna do a new thing in your life, mm-hmm. and uh, and God's been doing that in that new thing since uh, March of 2013. Um, you know, I, I work now in the financial industry for Edward Jones Investments and a financial advisor with them. But uh, I'm doing probably more ministry now than even I was as a pastor of a church. Maybe I'm preaching every weekend, uh, but uh, I'm still doing guest speaking here and there and guest preaching here and there. But during the week, I'm meeting with all kinds of people and all different stories of their life and all different mm-hmm. situations, and especially with in financial needs or crisis. And I'm able to pray with them. I'm able to share God's love with them. And and not as a professional pastor, but now as a pastor, still a calling on my life, but um, in everyday life and everyday relationships. And it's amazing now to see what God's doing in my marriage is, you know, is stronger than ever. Uh, and being a father is stronger than ever. And, uh, and now I feel and, and, and battling that, you know, that sin. I'm going, I go to Real Men on Monday nights and I love that accountability. That's awesome, yep. And, um, and I have a great group of men who surround me and encourage me and, and, and check into me. And, you know, my wife, you know, she'll grab my phone and see what's on there. And, and I have no, you know, now a complete freedom, you know, and, and do I still battle sin? Of course I still battle sin. And I still struggle in, in my thought life at times, but, you know, more and more at the God is giving victory upon victory upon victory, and to know, you know the Bible says that we're we're more than conquerors, and mm-hmm. and and God says that, you know that in Christ we're victorious, and so um, and I, there's a verse I, I want to read um, from Zephaniah, and it says in three seventeen, said the Lord your God is with you, He is mighty to save, He will take great delight in you, He will quiet you with His love, He will rejoice over you is singing. And so, and, and God spoke that in my life. And if you're listening right now or, or wherever you're at, I mean, God is with you. No matter what you're, what was, no, no matter what's happened, no matter what you've battled, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what struggles, how dark and deep it is, God is with you. And you can't hide from him. You can't run from him. He's the holy hound from heaven that will chase <laughs> us down with his grace and his mercy. And that he's mighty to save. And I and in the mud and the mire, from the people in the Bible's life to our personal life that we get in, God is mighty to save, and there's nothing too difficult for Him. You know, He is the God who is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. He's Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. And he is the Lord our God, and He is mighty to save. And then it says He He takes great delight in you. And I, and I and I would struggle with that. I said, God, how can you take great delight in me when I made a mockery of you? And I I messed up. I failed miserably as a husband, as a person, as a as a as a Christ follower. But God says, No, Andrew, I take great delight in you still because I see Christ in you. And I would preach that a thousand times where, you know that. Uh, that, that when God looks at his kids, he doesn't see us anymore, but he sees Christ in us, mm-hmm. holy and blameless. And, and then he says, I, I'm going to quiet you with my love. And I remember in the, the first weeks of my um, this 
you know, my, this mess I made in my life, it was, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't do anything, but God would calm me with his love. Mm. And, and you, I could feel his presence more than ever. And then it says he rejoices over you with singing. And no matter to, wherever you are right now, in my life, in your life, and in all of our lives, that God with his kids, he's so pumped. He's so excited that we're his kids. He rejoices over us with singing. And he just is so, he is so excited to be our father, our God, and, and our king, that he rejoices over us. He mm. praises us. And to, and to really, to have Zephaniah 3.17 soak in, it just resonates in my life uh, more than ever. And, um, and I hopefully that this, my story will continue. You know, that God will continue to use my story, the good, the bad, mm-hmm. the ugly. And now, you know, I'm leading an accountability group with men on Monday nights of Real Men, and and God's uh, using me to help out. I, I do the weekend announcements sometimes in the loft at Real Life Church, and they asked me, say, can, well, can you do the announcements? I said, sure. And I did the first time, and someone came in and said, man, you, you did really good at doing announcements. I said, well, I was really nervous talking in front of people. And I said, I'm not used to doing it. And I said, I'm just kidding. Uh. And just mess a little bit. And, and so, but, you know, but it's, uh, you know, now I, I hold the door open at church for people. And, you know, where I think of that verse where it says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my Lord than dwell in the house of the wicked. Amen. You know, oh, and yeah. so God has me as a doorkeeper and I love it, you know, and and so however God wants to use me now, it doesn't have to be in professional ministry, but every day now is ministry, no matter where I'm at, who's around, however God's going to use it. And I truly feel more alive spiritually now, emotionally, physically, um, in my personal life, in my marriage, as a father, as a husband, and calling to ministry more than ever at this moment. And so it's a blessing to be able right. to share this and to be with you all t- uh, here tonight. Right. Well, yeah. And I'm sure there's, as we say, those someone's out there has a similar story, either did or is, and I'm sure it will give them some hope, comfort, and encouragement. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you We've very heard much. that word tired, too. Yeah, I did hear. I was going to look at you that a couple too. times. Yeah, it he seems said it a to be times. an ongoing theme yeah. here at but I don't God think Stories he, I don't Radio. Think but meant, not, yeah, not that tired. Not that tired, yeah. He was close. But yeah. yeah, exactly. But you know, when God does take you through that refiner's fire and he has you in the desert, so to speak, and he says mm-hmm. to rejoice in your low status. Yeah. And just like you know. that video we saw at Real Men on oh, Monday night, wow. the very first thing he said, he said that there was four things mm-hmm. that uh, make, you know, a man in ministry and everything else. And the very first thing was brokenness and brokenness, a leader. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So. Yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, so it just that I, I think of that, um, you know, that the, the story of the, uh, the the caterpillar in the cocoon and the guy, he saw it and, he, you know, you've heard it probably a thousand times and he saw it trying to struggle out and he couldn't get he saw it, it couldn't get out of it. So he took a little butter knife, and he slid it open and made it easier for him. And it came out, and the wings were shriveled up, the legs were shriveled up, and he mm-hmm. called his friend who was a scientist. And what what happened? He says, "Well, by it's, by you making it easier for the butterfly, it, that's the way it gets its strength and its wings and mounts up with the wings, then it can fly." That's but it's that struggle, and God puts us in the struggle of this life, this world, and and what we go through. Even as believers in Christ, and Jesus said, "Listen, you're gonna face trials, you're gonna face troubles." You know, and if 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 Christ faced it, how much more are we gonna face it? But we have hope because Christ has overcome the world. 
And so we find our hope and we find our confidence and we find that strength. And in the midst of the struggles, we can see James 1, it says, count on all joy Mm -hmm. when you face trials of many kinds because it's testing of your faith. And it's that faith that's being tested, that, that it's in that refiner's fire, that all those impurities rise to the surface. And they ask that goldsmith or silversmith, how do you know when the silver's ready? And the silversmith said, when I can see my reflection, I know the silver is ready. And that's what we want. We want God to see the, his reflection in us. Mm-hmm. And we know until we're going to be in it put back in the fire until the day we die or Christ returns. Absolutely. <laughs> because we're never going to arrive and we're never going to be blameless. But Amen. so he's going to put us back in that fire. But when we're back in that fire, all that impurity comes to the surface. He scrapes it off and he puts us back in the fire again. Wow. And so, but that is part of this, this part of life. And we know that as a believer from Philippians, the best is yet to come. The best. So I know in this in this in this life, there's going to be trials, trials and struggles and turmoil and and troubles paying bills and and marriage issues and parenting issues and they're going to be there whether we like it or not, even Employment as believers. Issues. But uh, man, but God says, just continue to walk by faith and not by sight, and watch what I do, and don't give up. I mean, just because you mess up, don't give up because God has a plan for you. I am Amen. a prisoner of hope. That's right. Amen. Amen. And you mentioned uh, where GSR is the shameless plug uh, yeah. podcast. So go ahead, plug away. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. If you're listening and you need uh, help with investing or life insurance or retirement or college funds, you can call me. Uh, I work for Edward Jones Investments and a licensed Series 7, Series 66, variable life health annuity, all that good stuff. And um, my cell phone number is uh, 352. 242-7063-352-242-7063. And I work with people all over the, uh, the, all over the place, the United States and, uh, help them now. Uh, you know, I talk, and I go and do seminars. I talk about investing in God's kingdom, but also investing for your future. Right. And, and, you know, that investing in the priority. And so, yeah, that's what I do now. But I also do ministry and I had the privilege of speaking at a conference, uh, a few weeks ago and about, you know, five or 600 people were there and, and I could go there and preach and teach uh, God's word. And then during the day, I was doing Edward Jones investments. And there you at go. nighttime, I was preaching and sharing and just saw God do amazing things. And uh, so, yeah, that's what I do now. That's and, like um, we, all have, we all do day jobs too. Yeah. And then we come here once a week and, and just bask in, in what we do here. You're I doing know, investments for two jobs. Is yeah. that, is that right. That's right. Exactly right. More the the more the, the spiritual is more important. Amen. The priority, and then the secondary is as we're all on this earth to help people uh, prepare for their you know their future on this earth. Hey, Andrew, right. if we had a listener out there that wanted to call and uh, speak with you privately, maybe about a kind of like an every man's battle hmm. situation, you know, or if they're they're going through some struggles or some situations like you mentioned earlier, would it be okay if they called you? And, yeah, please do. Yeah, if you're battling, yeah, please call me also at, at, at that cell phone number. And um, I'll definitely, uh, if I can't meet with you personally, I'll, I'll, I'll talk with you on the phone and, and uh, pray with you. 
and uh, just just share it, just be able to share. I think that's the thing also, and, I, and I'm sorry to keep rambling, but with ministry today, that's something about pastors, it's hard to be vulnerable and transparent mm-hmm. because you feel like you have to be this performance almost because people, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, we're a bunch of sheep and we're a bunch of bad sheep. <laughs> and uh, Exactly right. And so, and we follow pastors, we follow leaders, we follow people. And in the end, the, 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 the performance the pastor has it's not good for the preacher to feel that way and it's not good for the people to have that and so as a pastor you know it's hard being transparent it's hard being vulnerable and even as a christian but if we can if, if ladies go with ladies and guys go with another guy and be mm-hmm. vulnerable be transparent and share Man, i'm struggling and i'm battling if you're a pastor please hear this it's it, the weekend service is lovely and i know unfortunately it's, it's, it's at times it's like a production but that's a little slip of the of the piece of ministry but the ministry happens all during the week all during the day from our home life to the church life to wherever we're at and 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 pastors find somebody go to another man and just share with them your struggles and who's in confidence and 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 have that confidentiality and to be able to have that vulnerability and, and you have to have that and or for a lady to go to another lady and to be able to share that you know you know privately because you have to have that support system you do and you have to yes, be able to, to confess it to another brother another sister in christ and and, and not that i'm that i had to forgive my sins to them or confess my sins to them, but it's to share that burden and especially when it comes to lust and those kind of things that are so private you know um but to be able to have that and to be able to uh pastors put your pride by your side and have some humility and and realize it's not about you it's all about christ amen and 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 not it's not a bragging and also on the weekends pastors it's not a bragging session about how good you are or what you've done and I mean, john the baptist said it the best i must decrease and christ must increase mm-hmm. and so it has to be more more sermons that are less about us and what we do and more about Christ and what Christ is doing and what Christ can do. And if I can just share that also, you know, with ministry and um and and just um to have ministries that are Christ-centered and, and not and not not a pastor-centered ministry, but a Christ-centered ministry, and and the pastors decreasing and Christ increasing, and that's where I, I I didn't do it perfectly, but I really strive to do that. Even the midst of my sin was to have Andrew decrease in Christ increase, mm-hmm. uh, but I, but I still it doesn't mean I still wasn't doing it perfectly I, by all means, but I just want to encourage if you're especially if you're a ministry out there, um, and I just want to encourage that and just to uh, and watch what God does with that. Watch what. God does when the when the leadership says, "Hey, I'm struggling." Also, mm-hmm. the people in the congregation then say, "You know what? I can connect with that person. He's human. Because he's he's human. He's also battling life, and and it just does even so much more to a to a church family when the leadership becomes becomes vulnerable and transparent mm-hmm. and." Um, Begins to operate that way. I got you. Got me on a, a tangent. You know, so you got Brother, to you're, me you're, back. You're preaching your socks off over there. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm There's just, so much more. I'm just letting you go, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Man, man. I'm feeling the anointing. I'm getting blessed over here, even <laughs> though I can't see you. <laughs> I, <guess so. laughs> I can feel it though. Amen. Whoa! Hallelujah. Amen. Well, that was session 58. Fritz. Yeah, I would say another pastor. I know it. Go figure. I had no idea. I didn't either. <laughs> I, I forgot. I did not know. Wow. 
It's too bad we didn't have Mike Shelley in Every Man's Battle a few years back slap us around a little bit. But uh, <laughs> he the was other- on the show and did a, a, I'm not sure what number he is. Six. He, number He did Make God Smile. No, that's eight. Yours was six. Yeah. Eight, Make God Smile. Make God Smile. Where he talked about that a little bit in his yes. life and everything. Yep. Just phenomenal. So... Well, thanks for hanging out with us for the last 40 minutes, and that about wraps it up for Session 58. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. God bless. God bless. born in weary land where many a dream has died. Like a tree planted by the water, we never will run dry. So living water flowing through, God, we thirst for more of you. Just to know you and to make you known We lift your name on high Shine like the sun, make darkness run and hide We know we were made for so much more than Shine light.